Welcome to the Growth Moves Podcast with Rob Tyson. Welcome back, listener. Rob Tyson here. And in the last episode, I talked to Gareth Everson about the seven steps to systemize your sales and marketing. So be sure to catch up on that show if you missed it. It was a good one, actually. Um, But I'm here today with Cliff Farah. Now, uh, Cliff is president, CEO, and chairman of the Beacon Group, a pioneer in the field of growth strategy consulting. And his upcoming book, Growing the Top Line, delivers the step-by-step approach to top-line growth. His firm has developed in over 1,500 client engagements over 20 years and used by some of the world's most successful companies. And today, we've got a great topic for you because we're going to be talking about how to grow the top line. And we're going to examine with with Cliff, you know, what are those four key questions and some other really good stuff besides. But before we welcome Cliff and get into all that, if you're listening to this show, you may be an independent consultant, trainer, coach of some kind, perhaps struggling for the right recipe to grow your business. Well, if you pop along to robtyson.net forward slash report right now, you can get a free copy of my brand new report that will show you my rapid method for designing and selling your first online program that is going to use your recorded content to do the heavy lifting of client engagements. Uh, Once again, that is free. You get that at robtyson.net forward slash report. And when you do, you will also get my short bonus report on a simple sales approach that generated over a million pounds in online program sales for one business to business trainer. So once again, the place to go to get all that is robtyson.net forward slash report. So go there now and get yours. And with that said, Cliff, welcome. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm typing in robtyson.net forward slash report as we speak. There we are, as they all are, as they all are. Uh, so, that's, so that's really, really great. Thanks, thanks for making time to chat today, Rob. Not at all. No, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. And you're in uh, you're in Florida. We were just talking about this a second ago. Um, and I'm going to open up with a question uh, for you, Cliff, because I know the, the the COVID situation is something you um, you focus on quite a bit lately with with your work and, and you know helping businesses navigate that situation. So, so the COVID situation has everything changed or has nothing changed? I think everything's changed in one way or another, right? It, has, it hasn't all changed similarly. So for some, for some uh, businesses, there's been a real acceleration of market demand. In others, as I mean, we all know, just given the, the rate of unemployment and um, uh, you know, the, the, the challenges of certain industries, it's, it's been a, a true uh, blow to the system. So uh, yeah, COVID is requiring a whole bunch of different movement from companies to survive uh, some of them are are focused on you know just basic operations. Some of them are um, focused on micro segmentation of their markets, and others are trying to keep up with demand and and ride the wave. Those are those are the lucky ones. But you know the challenge they're going to face is post pandemic. If things go back to normal, what you know, and they've built up capacity to meet you know this unusual demand, does it sustain? And and how, you know how do they respond to that? So yeah, so 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 it's 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 Wonderful to hear the news that we hopefully will have a uh, a vaccine here in short order. I'm, I'm so excited about that, as I know you are. But um, in the near term, I think people are still trying to survive and, and, and get through in these changing markets. Yeah, absolutely. And as ever, uh, we, we're, we're going to need to be growing the top line. So talk to us a little bit about these four key questions that you 
um, that you ask or that you 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 sure. have in mind with clients? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so you know, when you, th- I'm a growth strategist, and I'm, I've been a growth strategist now for for um, quite a long time. Uh, you know, over over 20 years, and one of the things that you learn when you get into a consideration of growth is that that translates pretty cleanly into revenue, right? That, that, I mean, you can grow the bottom line so that, you know, the profit equation is, is, is revenue minus cost equals profit, right? Mm-hmm. So I tend to worry a lot about the revenue line first and then the cost line second. Um, so, so, you know, when you think about revenue, um, there are two uh, variables that immediately uh, come up as the basic, uh, the baseline source of all wealth or all, all income. That's the customer that you serve and what you sell them. Those, those are, those are just the, the, the basic two things, right? Everything flows from a customer and, and whether that's a direct sale, you know, you go into, um, Starbucks for, for a cup of tea. I don't know. Do you do that by the way in London? Are you, are you, I used to, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, but uh, what, you know, that's a that's a direct transaction. So if you're a, a barista at Starbucks, it's probably pretty pretty clean to you that um, you know when Rob comes in and buys his his cup of tea, that that ultimately serves uh, to 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 drive the business, right? To make the business succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes though, there's an indirect uh, uh, relationship. Like where where does that customer revenue come from? You might see that in healthcare or anything that's tax driven. Or um, you know markets where where the customer uh, may actually be two or three steps removed. Those are those are sort of less direct. But but at the but at the end of the day, the customer you're going to serve is is the number one question that we we think about. Um, and and you know when you think about how how you can grow as how any company can grow. Uh, it's infinite, right? You're you're limited only by the number of customers you have, and then and then what you sell them. And so your your job as a leader, your job as a strategist, is always to think about you know what what could I do, and then ultimately what should I do, uh, given given who I want to be in the market. So um, so the customer you serve is 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 the is the number one question. The um, the second the second question that we that we think a lot about are are as as uh, far as sources of revenue goes, is just what you sell. And, you know, 30 years ago, um, when I started out on this consulting career uh, after B-School, I was, um, you know, it, we, we did a lot of work for product-centric companies. So the idea of, of a widget, you know, uh, you know, a cup of tea, uh, a, 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 an automobile, uh, you know, um, a thing would be acquired by someone. And then over, over time, there's been this upsurge of, of services, right? So it's, it's either a product or a service now that you can acquire. And, um, and so, you know, how you choose to create new offerings, how much you choose to leverage existing offerings has a, a pretty material impact on any company's ability to grow. Um, so those are the those are the first two that traditionally I think you'd be taught about at school or or you know you'd classically consider. Um, and so when I you know when I started the firm, the, there wasn't there wasn't really a lot written in growth strategy twenty years ago. 
And so I started to um, try to teach my people how to approach the development of, of this arcane thing, right? Called, mm-hmm. called growth strategy. And, you know, how do you do it consistently? How do you do it in a way that, that you can defend and has good, good result? And um, one of the things you learn uh, as you go through this process and, and, and you start thinking about people who succeed and people who fail is that, is that they worry a lot about risk and how to avoid risk. And so, you know, focusing on the right customers is clearly a, a risk-driven question, right? So, so that, that makes sense to keep in there. Um, second biggest component of risk that we found uh, just based on a, a rearward look at the work we had done for our clients was this risk associated with, and this is the second question. So the first one is, you know, which customers am I going to serve? The, the, the second question is, you know, where am I going to serve them? What, what geographies am I going to, or locations am I, am I going to, um, you know, use to access the market? And that may be a non-obvious one, but I, I think it was, uh, uh, it's either IDC or Gartner, uh, and I can, I can get you the link to it, but, but they put out a report that says one in four geographic expansions succeeds. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a tremendous amount of risks. So let's, let's, let's put it, let's put it at the entrepreneurial level. Um, you know, you own, you own a coffee shop, right? Joseph, I love, I love coffee. So I, I keep talking about this, but, um, you own a coffee shop and you own a coffee shop in London. Uh, and, and, and now you decide you want to, um, expand, uh, and, and maybe, maybe you want to open something in Dublin. Um, you know, the minute you go outside of a geography that's easy for the core team to access where you have to acquire new staff and a new facility and new infrastructure and, um, you know, set up uh, new uh, payroll. Uh, and, and, you know, if it, let's, let's say we changed it, let's say we made it France. You want to do it in Paris. Um, you'd, you'd, you'd run into challenges of, of, especially with Brexit going on now, right? Repatriation and, and uh, tax law and exchange rates and um, all these sorts of risks that don't happen if you've either already got that footprint, right? So, so you're Starbucks and you have all of these locations already. So there's, they avoid that risk because they've already absorbed it historically. Um, or you just decide you're going to stick with the existing geographic footprint that you have. So anyway, um, that it turns out if you, if you take a hard look at it and, and companies that, that succeed and fail, ge- geography is the second uh, uh, question we think is, is the most important to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, the third we already talked about, which is what you're going to, what you're going to provide to the market. That's the, the, the good or service. And, and, you know, when you think about, um, and we talk, we talk quite a bit about this and we have some phenomenal interviews. I, by the way, I, I applaud you in your role. Um, I've, I've done a series of interviews with leaders across our client base and, uh, it's just tremendously difficult to do a, a, a good job as the host, I think. So, uh, kudos to you, but, um, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I think it's, uh, you know, it's something we're, we're all, uh, all working on, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that's, we are, right? Um, so, yeah, so the, so the goods and services, what's interesting about when you swim in that world is goods and services either meet a market need or they fulfill a want, right? So, mm-hmm. 
So, you know, we need uh, clean water. We don't need dike. We want it. Uh, So, you know, and and each, um, you know, product or service about, you know, depending whether it's a want or a need has its own, has its own challenges. So, so we spent a lot of time talking about how you dissect that and think it through. And, and, um, um, and then we get to the last question and the last question really popped up about a decade ago for us. And, and it, it talks about the, um, business model you will use to let the market acquire your good or service. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, some people like to buy cars. Some people like to lease cars. Some people like to ride share in cars. Um, those are all different business models for the same product, right? Mm-hmm. And about a decade ago, one of the one of the really interesting things that happened in the U.S. economy in particular was we created these entities called ESCOs, E-S-C-O, ESCOs. Uh, energy services companies, and, and and basically they went something like this: they um, they they were they were a marriage of financial services companies and and system integrators that focused on um, things like heating and air conditioning, mm-hmm. right? but at, but at a big scale. So the London School of Economics spends X hundreds of thousands of pounds a month on, um, you know, their heating and air conditioning. And and ESCO would come in and guarantee a discount on that monthly spend, right? Mm -hmm. And and then the gap between that uh, value and then their cost to serve, if there was a greater savings than than the value they quoted you, then then they would recoup that as, um, you know, as additional profit. So they started doing risk sharing and performance-based pricing. And that was really the first movement of scale where, where we saw um, large companies embrace risk uh, in their, in their, in their business models. And, and today, you know, it's very commonplace. You see software as a service, Microsoft 365 as an example. Um, that's a disruption of the business model that Microsoft used in serving its customers. Right. They, they it used to, I'm, I'm sure you remember, right. If you wanted, if you wanted Microsoft windows and the office suite was in the U S was like 800 bucks yeah. and uh, you'd go to the store and you'd buy your package and you'd, you know, pop in the disc and you download and, um, you know, then Google came out and, and I think the watershed moment was when one of them, uh, soft, but when, uh, apps was launched and their first real customer of scale Kodak uh, adopted um, that application, um, Microsoft realized they needed to do something different. And so they changed their business model and they, and they created 365, which now is the only real way you can acquire um, that product. So anyway, so, mm-hmm. uh, so, that, so those, are the, those are really the, 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 the four questions that we think drive a lot of the go-to-market thinking of successful mm-hmm. companies. And they and they literally apply to any business, whether it's a nonprofit or, um, you know, a, a, a local entrepreneur or or a you know a Fortune fifty uh, multinational. Um, so so that's what we write about in the book. Mm-hmm. 
And, and let me ask you about that first one then, so the, the customer you serve, because you know, we, we've been uh, doing some work lately and um, we, we did a survey of, uh, of people around the topic of, of pricing. And one of the things that kept coming back from people was that, well, you know, with everything going on at the moment, um, it's just going to be impossible for us to raise our prices. Don't we need to move towards the customer? And what was kind of implicit was that, well, I'll probably, you know, we'll, we'll need to reduce prices. We'll need to move down market. So I guess, I mean, what, what's your view on that at the moment? I mean, I, I suppose people have got to be pretty brave to go the other way, right? At, at the moment, but yeah, could, but could that be a good decision? I, uh, um, let me make sure I understand the question. So, mm-hmm. so, so your the people that you've been talking with believe that um, just in the current economic environment, any sort of cost increase is probably not viable, right? That 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 they need to be good corporate citizens to maintain share. But yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Look, I think there are are certainly markets where that's. True. I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're actually cutting cost as much as holding steady. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there are there are businesses that are trying to grab share through uh, cost uh, improvement. Um, that said, I mean there are approaches that you can use to drive top line growth, and you know, especially in the digital domain, um, you can make it elective. Right. You can you can maintain your baseline. Uh, pricing and, and and capability, but then offer an, an opt in for increased functionality or value on something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Let, the, let the let the consumer decide. Don't don't take anything away from them, but yeah. leave the door open for them to subscribe capability because it's 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 interesting for them. You might see that one example of that um, that'll be really uh, interesting to see how ultimately pans out and it'll probably take a year or two to, to look back on it and, and decide is, is uh, Disney's release of Mulan. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, that, that was a, that was a, that was a major release. One of the first major releases by a studio that, that has a really high price tag associated with the viewing of that movie. Now it's not mandatory. You don't have to watch the movie. That's a want, not a need. Um, but there are a lot of people who want, you know, who the, mar- the marketers have done, a, have done a great job driving, uh, you know, interest in that, in that movie. So I, I they, they, they played out an int- they played an interesting hand, I think on a, on a, on a, you know, a business model that may or may not ultimately work out for them. It, it certainly seemed more reasonable during a time of COVID to charge more for, uh, you know, for, for a movie than normal. So I, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but yeah, it does. No, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think um, in the UK, I gathered the 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 trolls. There was a new trolls movie. I don't know if right. you watch. Yeah, I don't know right. if you watch these things for yeah. fun, uh, yeah. Cliff. I have yeah. young children, I'm, so I do. I'm through. Um, I'm through. I'm through those years. Uh, <laughs> but but that was another one. So this was a movie that um, I guess was going to be in the cinema. But then yeah. with all the COVID stuff that happened, um, they released right. it on, I guess, Netflix. And that had a, you know, a huge price tag. I mean, I've, from memory, it might have even been £15, which is about 20 bucks uh, US. So that's a, you yeah. know, it's a lot to, to pay to stream a movie, but apparently it did really well. And yeah. as you were saying, I mean, you know, when you can't go out and get your coffee, um, 
that's bad for the coffee shop, but it doesn't mean all businesses lose because the, the Netflixes of this world, are, you know, whatever, who are, you know, the cinema loses by not having trolls in it, but um, someone else wins. So, uh, right. yeah, it's just interesting. And the, the other, the other um, interesting point you make, um, you know, because we, I really like that idea of uh, the word you used, it, it being elective. You know, you, a lot of people, when, when we work with clients, you know, they, they, they prejudge often what people in their market will be willing to pay. And actually, as you rightly say, um, you, you know, you don't have to judge it at all. You know, you can just have various options and let the market decide, right? You know, and, and certain segments of the market will, will, will go for the higher price stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I, I do, th- I do think you have to test um, what the market will bear mm-hmm. ideally before you deploy. Right. Okay. So doing, mar- doing market research, understanding how customers are likely to respond mm-hmm. uh, to a, to a pricing schema is, mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is core, whether you're, again, whether you're, whether you're an entrepreneur that's, you know, uh, got the flexibility to um, change quickly right? Because you know you own the business and you're going to try it. And if it doesn't work, you'll just make a pivot. Uh, larger companies are harder to move. And usually when, you know, like when, um, when a Netflix makes a pricing decision, for example, um, you know, it goes through finance, it goes through legal, it goes through marketing, they have print media, they have digital media um, associated with it. And, and so they, they have to have a pretty good idea, pretty good understanding up front on on what the likely outcome is and so you know companies spend a lot of time as i'm sure you know right model, modeling out how they can how they can uh, uh change their businesses but um but yeah no i i i i think the you know the the concept of allowing an upsell through incremental functionality and value core to the core to the growth uh toolkit for sure Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and talk to us a bit about some some of the other um, processes you've used with clients that have uh, been most valuable to them in terms of growing the top line. Well, yeah, you know the the book uh, "Growing the Top Line" is both of it's a framework that's based on these four questions, and so you know we we talk a lot about how the how the four questions lead to different pathways that exhaustively consider how you could grow. And then, and then, you know, bottom line is they help you flunk all the bad ideas and focus in on the good ones, mm-hmm. which is, which is the challenge. It's always the challenge, right? Growth is infinite. Co- cost is finite. You know, if you're, if you're in, in my world, in the services world, the consulting world, and you're brought in to help cut cost, well, you, you know what cost is, you know, um, exactly what you have to work with. Growth, it's much more amorphous. You know, you're limited by budget and will and goal and desire and all that, all that kind of stuff. So, so fundamentally, it's, it's, got a, it's got a unique challenge in the sense of, you know, you have to limit your thinking as opposed to broaden your, your thought. So, so we have this tool, this framework that we share that is, uh, you know, is at, is at the core of the projects we do. And, you know, as you said at the start, you know, we've done over 1,500 projects for our clients uh, since I founded the firm 20 years ago, and um, this is a this is a, a, a very tested and, and and trusted approach. So that's well, that's one part of the book, one one piece of the book's value. Um, and I think new practitioners really really like that. 
you know, if you're, if you haven't been formally educated on how to think about, um, growth strategy planning, this is a great way to, to just focus in on the things you need to worry about in a, in a structured way. The, mm-hmm. the other, the other thing though, that, that, that the book, um, is, is a process. And, and so, you know, when I talk, when I talk to people about the book, if you're an entrepreneur, you like it because it, it, it sort of shines a light on some stuff that is hard to understand if you don't do this for a living. But if I share it with, you know, for example, one of the, one of the guys is um, a guy named Marty Curran, who's the chief innovation officer for Corning. And, um, you know, Marty, Marty likes the book, not just for the framework, but he likes the process because mm-hmm. it, it, it allows consistency and diligence and um, thoughtfulness and approach. So, so, you know, when you think about the, the, the process that we teach um, both to our staff and to our clients, uh, it's, it's got a few components to it that I, that I think are, I think are pretty well understood. I mean, you know, one is just defining the objective. This sounds so silly that, you know, what do you mean define the objective? The easiest thing in the world is to define the objective, right? And, and, and practically it's not. Um, very few companies, whether they're large or small, do a good job with what, you know, setting goals that are transparent to their organization. Why, the, why, why is that? Why is that? I think, I think it's really hard to do. Uh, sometimes culturally leaders don't like to talk money with their junior staff. Right, you know, think about an owner, an entrepreneur, and an owner doesn't like to share financials. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but when you get when you, when you get in a larger company, I think they tend to focus in on certain things. Like they may say, we want to we want to grow, you know, this much revenue, right? But they won't say we want to grow this much revenue at this margin with this much share in this time frame. And, and those are really the things that are are required. And I'll 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 go back and unpack that a little bit. But, um, you know, setting a goal. So if I, if I say, if I say to you, Rob, you know, we're going to, we're going to grow your business to, you know, a hundred million dollar business. You're going to say, great. Um, when? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, so, okay, Rob, we're going to do it. We can do it in two years or we can do it in five years, Rob. When do you want to do it? And you say, well, I want to, I want to do it in, in two years. My answer m- might then shift to, okay, Rob, you know, what are you selling and, and how are we resourced to do this, right? That's the second step, which is kind of the self-assessment of the kind of creature you are. What, you know, um, when I first started writing this, it was very Darwinist in, um, in, its, in its tone because I believe companies have natural behaviors that they associate with, with growth and then there are unnatural evolutionary steps they can take. The, the Microsoft 365 example was an evolutionary shift for them um, versus a natural uh, growth would have just been for them to keep milking the cow in their, in their, in their, in their normal operations. Um, it, was, it was something they, they had to do to survive. Is that, that yeah. that's yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That, and that some, sometimes that's why companies do thing, right? They, they mm-hmm. either do it in, in, in response to a threat or mm-hmm. might, they might this because they see an opportunity. They've got something mm-hmm. new and, and, and they're, and they're going to go after it, not because it's threat, but because they're on the attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so 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 defining the goals, 
understanding the creature you are and, and, and the, and the resourcing, you know, the capability you have and the resourcing you have, those are very, very important things. And, um, what I mean by that is, you know, if we were going to grow your business to a hundred million dollars, um, one way we could do it is we could, we could buy a company, mm-hmm. right? We could buy a company that's worth $50 million that automatically, you know, gets you halfway there. Um, uh, but, but, you know, practically if you don't have access to the money to go buy that company, then it's a foolish thought, right? It's a waste. Of, we shouldn't even consider it. So being aware of your, uh, you know, what you can do and what you can't do and how you're resourced to do that within the timeframes that you have is, is just a really, really important step. So, um, you know, the, the, the army we have, how it's, ar- you know, the, the armament it has and, and, you know, what, what it's good at and what it's not good at. Um, the, the third process step we, we worry a lot about is just the, you know, an, an external assessment, how to, how to look at the market and, this goes to our earlier discussion. We were talking about, you know, how, how customers are responding to COVID or how they might respond to a pricing change or, or, or expansion. Um, that's, that's very important. And, and, and the, you know, the other thing that COVID's making all of us be more aware of is the regulatory environment. Um, all, all business operates globally in a world controlled by government and the, and the, and the regulations that they place on your industry. So um, COVID is, is triggering a whole bunch of economic challenge because of lockdown or shutdown or rules about um, gatherings. Um, nobody's fault. It, it, it just, it is, it is what it is. So you have to be sensitive to that. The other, the other thing we do when we look externally is, is a really hard look at the competitive landscape and, you know, COVID, some companies are doing well during the time of COVID. Other companies are, are doing poorly. And one thing that's true for whether it's you or your competitors is any share you get in a declined economy, when that economy rebounds, has a, has a multiplier impact. So sh- share gain relative to your peer or performance relative to your peers right now is super, super important, um, we think. Uh, to focus in on. So, um, Hmm. that's, that's, those are, those are really, you know, if you, if you take just those three steps, right. What's my goal? Uh, you know, who, who am I? What do I have to bring to the fight? What's the terrain I'm fighting on and who am I up against? A, a, A very realistic assessment of that. Then, then you really have the ingredients to cook your, meal, right? You, you, you know what you need to know to build your strategy. And so then, you know, that's when really the, the book starts to talk about how to, how to think through that. Yeah, really interesting. And you've just reminded me of um, a guy I used to work with who used to, used, used to make the point that a recession was the worst time to stop advertising. And uh, yeah. you, yeah. you've, you've given a sort of great, great insight there why that is in reality um, that, that hadn't, hadn't occurred to me. You know, it's not, it's not just that it keeps you going, it's that the gains you make, as you say, wind up being disproportionate to, um, I guess, the amount of resource you've, you've put in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that and, and the, other, the other sort of COVID challenge, and, and I have a, a great white paper on our, our website. Anyone is free to download. We've, we've released them. Normally, they just go to our clients, but we've released a bunch. 
um, you know, for, for everyone to have access to, but um, it's called racing in light air. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, one of the things that you have to do is is uh, throw out your preconceived notions about what good is. Um, you have to measure good relative to the competition. Mm-hmm. And and if everyone, you know, if if, if you're if you're looking at your forecast, if you know, we're at the end of the year now, so it's it's twenty twenty. In twenty nineteen, at the end of the year, we helped a lot of clients build forecasts that are absolutely wrong right now. Not not because we didn't do good work or we didn't understand the markets. It's just that there was unprecedented and unexpected change in the in the market serve. So you can do one of two things at that point, if assuming you have the financial means, right? Um, you can either say, oh, we have failed. You know, we didn't we didn't achieve compared to what we thought we would achieve. Um which is a kind of a, it's kind of a, a loser uh, exercise in many ways intellectually because it, it, everyone's a suffering set of conditions. So you have to, we think you have to reframe and look at, um, you know, how you're doing relative to competitors. Are are you healthier or weaker? Are you gaining share uh, versus them or losing share to them? That's everyone's going slow. So if everyone's going slow, forget you know, what normal is and, and, and be pragmatic and, and recognize reality uh, that you face today. And, and that, you know, and that does, that does a couple of things. One, psychologically, you feel a heck of a lot better, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, which is important, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's important to stay motivated um, as you go through this time. And then, and then the other leads to that point we just talked about, which is any share grab now is, is meaningful downstream. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. We're we're rubbing up against our uh, our time limit here, Cliff. So, yes. um, if people just took one nugget or or piece of advice away from our conversation, what should that be? Would you say? Yeah, I I, I think it's be f- be focused on what you can control um, right now, and and don't regret what you can't. Um, I, I think people are 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 really pressured in different ways. And um, there's only so much that you can reasonably do uh, to, to impact an outcome and, and being aware of what that is and, and focusing on that, ignoring just the things that uh, have to let wash over us is, uh, is just a, a, a critically important skill and, and muscle to have. Great. I really like it. Cliff, where is the best place for people if they'd like to get more from you? Sure. Yeah. I, I would say the best spot is to go to our uh, website. Uh, that's um, uh, www.beacongroupconsulting.com. I apologize. It's long, I know, but it's B-E-A-C-O-N, Beacon Group, G-R-O-U-P, consulting.com. Um, you can see our, our, our white papers, um, you know, if you're interested in the book, you can uh, pre-order a copy right now on Amazon. It's called Growing the Top Line. And, um, and then we're also on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. Fantastic. Uh, Cliff, I've really enjoyed, the, really enjoyed the conversation and the book. Uh, the book sounds great. So I'm going to have to uh, have to get my copy um, <laughs> when it comes out. Sounds good, Rob. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure we send you something. I, oh, I you're right. I, I enjoyed the conversation as well. I, I, um, I like the podcast and, and look forward to um, uh, hearing how this comes out. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Cliff. Really nice to chat. 
Hey, it's Rob again. Want to build a successful online business from your expertise? Well, the game has changed. There are bigger opportunities, but also bigger pitfalls than ever before. And I would hate for you to waste years figuring these things out for yourself. Now, as a listener to this show, you're obviously a sensible person, right? So here's my invitation to you. Apply to jump on a call with me in the next few days and let's talk about you. You will get feedback on your ideas. You will get a product concept that is fit for right now and you will get a personalized sales and income plan to take away. That is free, but availability is limited. So please go along right now to chatwithrob.com. That is chatwithrob.com. Do that now. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Once again, that is chatwithrob.com. Talk to you soon.